Dana, and welcome to the Can Learn English podcast. You're listening to the number one podcast to learn English for Canada. So grab your toque, button up that parka, and get ready to learn English for the Great White North. My goal with this podcast is to help you reach an advanced level of English. Now, this podcast is brought to you by the Can Learn English Academy, and this is an online virtual classroom where you get access to the best English courses that help you prepare for Canada. If you would like to see one of the lessons from one of the courses inside the Academy, all you need to do is go to canlearnenglishacademy.com and there is a sample lesson there for you. So the clip that you heard in the beginning were the members of Parliament of Canada singing the new form of the Canadian anthem, which is the gender-neutral form, and this is the first time it was ever sung in Parliament. The line from the old version was, In all thy sons' command, in all thy sons' command, and it has become, in all of us' command. Now, the campaign to change the words was backed by the famous author Margaret Atwood, and the ex-Prime Minister Kim Campbell, who was the first and only female Prime Minister in Canada. And this change has been more than three decades in the making. I love this quote by Canadian Senator Francis Lankin. This may be small, it's about two words, but it's huge in terms of one of our major national symbols. It's inclusivity, and I'm proud. So in today's episode, we're exploring the phrase gender neutral. So gender neutral means not giving an indication of someone's gender as masculine or feminine. You could say, I would like to have more gender neutral toys for my child. So, you know, stereotypically, maybe girls would play with dolls and boys might play with trucks and cars. And all kids play with blocks. So you could say, I want my child to have more gender neutral toys. And here's an example, and this is a real life situation in Canada. Service Canada is an agency that provides things like driver's licenses and um, car registration and things like that. So the employees of Service Canada are asked to use gender neutral or gender-inclusive language to avoid portraying a perceived bias towards a particular sex or gender. So let's quickly do our listen and repeat section. This will be fairly quick. It's not a long phrase or anything, but this will help you with your pronunciation. Gender. Gender. Gender-neutral. Gender-neutral. Now let's explore how gender works in English. In English, there's a difference between grammatical gender, gender as a social construct, which refers to roles and behaviors and attitudes and things that any given society or we assign at a certain time that's appropriate for men or women. So these are social constructs of gender. And then finally, sex as biological characteristic of living beings. So the three are 
grammatical gender, gender as a social construct, and sex. So English has very few gender markers. We have the pronouns and the possessives he, she, her, and his, depicting feminine or masculine. Some nouns and some forms of address, so Mr., Mrs., Sir, and Ma'am. But most of our nouns don't have grammatical gender forms. Teacher, doctor, hairdresser, these are all gender neutral. But we do have a few nouns that are specifically masculine or feminine. Actor or actress, waiter or waitress, steward or stewardess. So how can we make our language more gender neutral or gender inclusive? Well, many of the words that we use that contain man have neutral equivalents. So to start off with the word man, instead of using man, we could say person or individual. Mankind. So, you know, for the good of mankind, we could say for the good of all people, for the good of human beings, or for the good of humanity. This next word is used in the United States, but not in Canada. And this could be partially to reflect our more kind of liberal gender neutral values in Canada. Freshman. This is a first year student. So either first year in high school or first year in university And in Canada, we don't use this term freshman to describe first-year students. We just call them first-year students. Instead of saying something is man-made, we could say that it's machine-made, synthetic, or artificial. And then when we have our roles like policeman, we would say police officer. We wouldn't say mailman. We could say mail carrier postal worker, or letter carrier. Chairman, so this is usually someone who's in charge. We could call them chairperson or coordinator or head. The second way that we can make our language more gender inclusive is to use the pronoun they, you know, like they, theirs, them, or themselves. So we all have used they to describe multiple people in the third person. You know, they are coming over later. But it's actually been used to describe a single person since the 14th century. It's been used as a gender-neutral pronoun, so a word that was substituted in place of he, which is the masculine singular pronoun, or she, which is the feminine singular pronoun. So authors like Chaucer, Shakespeare, and Jane Austen have opted out he and she for they in some of their writings. So let me show you how you can do this. Do you have a friend who is learning English? If you do, please share this podcast with them. So here I'm using them because I'm not identifying if your friend is a male or female. A good English student studies after class so they don't forget what they've learned. Here I'm using they in a substitution with he or she. And a major challenge for gender inclusive communication is the use of masculine forms by default. 
So here's an example. Each student should leave his key at the desk before leaving. I'll repeat. Each student should leave his key at the desk before leaving. So here we could swap out his for their. Each student should leave their key at the desk before leaving. And the final way that we can make our language more gender neutral is to use the word partner or significant other when talking about someone's boyfriend, girlfriend, wife, or husband. So the words boyfriend, girlfriend, or wife or husband can make it difficult for people to talk about their partners if, for example, their partner doesn't identify as a man or a woman. And in addition, it forces LGBTQ people who may not feel comfortable at the time disclosing the gender of their partners to do so. So if we refer to everyone's significant others or romantic partners as partner or significant other, it avoids us putting people in uncomfortable situations. Now, this is something that is quite commonly practiced in workplace settings in Canada. If I have a colleague named Amanda, for example, and I know Amanda quite well, we might be friends, and I know that she has a husband, I would still maybe when speaking with other coworkers say, Amanda and her partner are coming to the Christmas party. So in this case, I'm not using you know, the fact that Amanda has a husband because it might force other people to feel like they need to use these words as well. So it's common practice to use partner and significant other when talking about this in Canada. That's it for our episode on gender neutral language. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you found this episode in particular very interesting. I really loved writing this one for you because as a Canadian, I'm very accustomed to, you know, taking gender out of my vocabulary. And it, you know, is something that as a more advanced English language learner, you should try and do in your language as well. If you would like to get the transcripts for this lesson, you can go to canlearnenglishpodcast.com. Please also support this free podcast by subscribing, liking, and sharing this podcast.